Do you know that our emotion drives our behaviors? We need all of our emotions for thinking, problem solving, focus attention, and for many more. We are neurobiologically wired and to learn anything, our mind must be focused and our emotions need to feel in balance. Have you ever reflected on what feeling your success relies on or what feeling we all need to be filled to become successful? Hi, this is Azim Sahib, a human capital specialist. I want to personally welcome you and thank you for joining us today. We are really glad you are here because this podcast is designed to inspire people to live a meaningful life and pursue your passion. Welcome to EI Cafe with Azim Season 5. I give a late look back at the lives and business of today's most important elements with emotional intelligence. You will learn how emotional intelligence can be a key factor for your success in both personal and professional life. You will hear key life lessons and tips from most prominent personalities, business leaders, entrepreneurs, EI practitioners and executive coaches from all over the world. Just to let you know, you can watch the video version of this podcast on my YouTube channel as well. So sit back, relax with a cup of coffee and let's get into the show. This is EI Cafe with Azim. A 30 minutes of valuable learning. Innovation does not always have to be the result of serious study and agonizing progress. As Stephen Johnson so eloquently argues in Wonderland, have undertaken for pleasure, have fueled an exceptional amount of innovation and discovery. The desire to both amuse and be amused can lead to development of technology that has wide ranging application. Ladies and gentlemen, a warm welcome to the season five of EI Cafe with Azim. And I'm your host, Azim Sahid, a human capital specialist, ICF certified coach, and emotional intelligence practitioner. Here we are again for another interesting topic a 30 minutes of valuable learning. In today's topic, we are going to talk about playing seriously with innovation. Yes, innovation has been a very much talk of the town, but how can we play seriously? To discuss this, I have a fantastic individual all the way from Denmark. He's a co-founder and a board member at Masters Trainers Association. Let me welcome Per Christiansen. Per, welcome to the cafe. Hi, Jesse. Happy to be here. Right. So thank you very much for spending your valuable time, uh, 30 minutes of your time um, to discuss a valuable topic um, I have seen um, a lot of articles you have written on innovation and playing, and I have seen a lot of um, Twitter posts going across with from some fantastic toys, right? If you if far away, we see there's a toys. I know there's much more insight because I love playing and I, I love having fun. 
So with that context, uh, but I wanted to get down to the, the whole topic is playing seriously with innovation. We are talking about innovation. Innovation is taking over the whole, you know, corporate and the whole globe. In that perspective, what would be your view on innovation and why we need to talk about today? <laughs> um, thank you. That's a, that's a big question, huh? And, <laughs> and a challenging one. I think you could uh, you could give a million reasons for that, Azim. I really do, uh, obviously. Um, I think that the thing is, at any given point in time, if we go back a hundred years or five hundred years or a thousand years, at that given moment in time, innovation has probably always been more needed than ever. Mm. Because every time we innovate and every time we change, something new happens. Right. And, and I think that's the case today as well. I mean, it is impossible to see anything without Corona and COVID. Mm. Um, and you could argue, well, we always had virus like this, but COVID and, and, and SARS-CoV-2 here has spread faster than any other virus has because we are more connected, right? Yes. That has led to challenges we probably haven't had before. And mm. we, so that has accelerated innovation in a, in a million different areas, whether it's within how we meet, whether it is in how we produce, whether it is in how we live our family lives these days, mm. whether it is in politics. So I think every time we innovate, we raise the bar in terms of what we need to innovate because mm. the way we live becomes um, in some ways more complex. Yeah. Uh, so I think I think that's the paradox of, of what we're going through, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I guess that's that's what I, how I would answer that one. Uh, right. and, and as we as the need goes up, I think in some ways, in some ways, maybe it also gets harder somehow to innovate because you need to find that next level, right? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I, th I think I agree with you on the raising that bar. I think that's why the organizations are so, so investing on research and development, right? Um, to see how can we be on the top. So uh, one organization is coming with very innovative. Again, the competitor or someone in the market is coming with something right above that. So that, yeah. that is keeping us also as human being now. Look at us now, we are on Zoom. Do you think yeah, exactly. I, I would have connected like, Two years ago, no, not at all, right? So it, it's, I think this is technology is really, really, really helping us to move on. So, no, but, I, sorry, I think, but I need to interrupt you there. Yeah, yeah, yeah go ahead. I agree and I don't because here's the weird thing I think about some of the technology that we, you know, here's the thing about technology, I think, in like our Zoom right now is that it does enable us to have this conversation. And I think that's, I mean, other than it's a pleasure to speak with you. That's for the better for all of us. I think mm. the issue with technology sometimes is that it also makes us blindly run faster. Mm. 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 And, and I think that sometimes stops us from innovating because it gives us that blindly run faster. I said another one is to think of it as, as instant gratification. Mm. It's a bit like when we're hungry. Sometimes it's really easy to take a quick meal mm. and, and you feel full, but it doesn't do anything good for you, right? And then you need to take another quick fix in a, in a second because you're shocked 
sugar levels go down again or whatever. So I think there's always a, a dark side, a blind side, a, a hidden thing to mm. all the all mm. of these solutions. Um, I think the smartest companies can they 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 speed up at the right moments and they pause and they rest uh, at the right moments as well, right? Mm. Fantastic, absolutely yes. Everything has its its own pluses and minuses. So yeah, let's let, let's dive with the pluses and see how it really, really goes in right so but i was really curious um you know before i go on to it i've seen you doing a lot of things how did you get into this particular toys the element of lego and i know you're yeah. part of building this serious play yeah, yeah, yeah. a lot just just a brief on that the benefit so my, my my personal journey and then and, and how i got to search play was that um, you know, I've been a management consultant. My work, I basically, I worked for Lego. Mm. I was in the Lego company. And this was a project inside uh, Lego or sort of, well, actually not in the inside of Lego. It was in the sort of twilight of inside outside Lego. Um, and, and, and frankly, uh, it was a Monday morning in, you know, 20, 20 some plus years ago. Uh, and I saw the tiniest little post on the Lego intranet, and it just it, it just kind of I don't know what the word would be sort of exploded in my face, and it just felt like I I just had this I want to be part of that thing. And so there was a tiny post basically saying that that the Lego company you know or killed really the owner of Lego then at least. Uh, were engaging in this project, trying, you know, using the Lego break to develop strategy differently. And it mentioned Robert Rasmussen as, you know, heading this project or, or trying to make this work or, or however the wording was. And I was just like, yeah. Um, and I coincidentally had a meeting with Robert. He was in the US back then, a phone meeting. There was no Zoom, obviously. A phone meeting with him two days later. So I was like, okay, the universe is telling me to take this conversation. <laughs> Fantastic. Awesome. So that that's that's the whole start off, and um, for me, yeah, for me, yeah. yeah. So, um, but I just want to clarify, like, this people always have this conception. Like, um, I know Lego Series Play was part of Lego, but at uh, a certain period, it, it was separated. Um, is it somewhere in two thousands, or how, what was the reason to be? Um, yeah, that's a complicated one, right? So, in the beginning, you could argue that. It wasn't part of Lego because technically in the beginning, it was a separate company from the beginning. Not technically, it, formed, it was. Mm -hmm. it, it was initially, you can say, set up as a, as a research entity and then later as a commercial entity. Right. Tasked with, uh, developing, tasked with developing this other way of doing strategy. Mm -hmm. And the intent was, to, let's say, innovate innovate the way it was done inside lego mm, mm. that's the brief version mm. the owner of lego other than being an extremely nice person when you get to meet him um, in many ways i mean i think you call you you are a human capital expert right and he would maybe call Kel, the owner there a, a human capital visionary because he at least with the degree i know of him and know him and know of him he, he always had this idea that people go to work to do well mm. and people have the capacity to do well mm. and they all have an unlocked potential and 
and you say back then 20 years ago lego had lots of not only lego but toy companies had a lot of challenges on the market mm-hmm. because 20 years ago was what play again was changing and games were coming out in a different way and 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 you can say Kel was probably feeling that they were sitting with this resource of these all these smart people but the way they were doing they things. and others were doing strategy exactly things weren't weren't you know unleashing that full potential of everybody there so so they weren't let's say they innovating their mm. their their the strategy mm. uh, in the best possible way there were things that weren't seen and weren't said mm. and weren't mm. Uh, didn't come to the surface, mm-hmm. so that's really what he wanted from from this thing, which mm-hmm. became Lego Series. Right, and and, and Robert uh, really took to charge there because Robert comes from a background of of learning and development. Okay, uh, and nice. and and that knowing about how the brain works and and how we develop ideas mm-hmm. and how we mm-hmm. engage and how we get permitted, that really helped a lot. I mean. It, there were also these outside the two professors from from the business school that brought in you can say organizational behavior and leadership and strategy mm-hmm. thinking mm-hmm. and it was mm-hmm. that melting pot mm-hmm. um i think Franz johansson would call it that intersection okay. uh which, which created this 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 slightly different thing right fantastic fantastic so so if i ask the question was lego csp and an innovation to the market right um and how does it support developing innovation? What what would be your take? So I would I would first of all say, let's say the, the first part, the first question, was it an innovation? Yes, it was. Was it a product innovation? Was it, uh, in that sense, an innovation on, on the portfolio of Lego? It wasn't, and it was never intended to be. This was never meant to be sold or marketed. It was an innovation on how to run meetings to solve problems. It was, it was a human system innovation. It was a human capital innovation. That's how, how you should think about it. It was an innovation on how solutions were created, initially strategy solutions. Mm-hmm. And I think it was like all great innovations, an innovation that brought us closer mm-hmm. as human beings mm-hmm. to who we are and how we function. Mm-hmm. I think great innovation actually does that. It brings us closer to who we are so mm. that we become better at who we are, right? Mm. In this case, we manage management, managers, and strategizing. So in that sense, it was absolutely an innovation, right? Totally. How does it then help with innovation? I think was the other part of your question. Initially, you can say it helped with innovating the strategy of companies. Because remember, it very quickly, uh, this was also brought out as research, action research to other companies. So very quickly, it, it wasn't only Lego. Very, very quickly. This were uh, lots of good work was done with, with startups and, and, and big companies as well. So we're very quickly was brought out there just to make certain that this wasn't only a thing that worked in a Lego company, right? But mm-hmm. that actually worked for us. So initially you say it innovated the strategies of other companies. Then innovation just means, you know, I guess, whatever you, innovative to renew things, right? So, so then it started being used at, at also renewing propositions and business models and products. And, and what it does is, you know, it helps, again, we always say un- people unlock their full potential. So it helps them to think better, mm. richer, 
it helps them access things they didn't know that they knew, and it helps them make new connections in their brain. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not a neuroscientist at all, not even close to, unfortunately. But <laughs> and I think the, 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 the amazing thing about neuroscience is that how we always, how they always get smarter, so the rest of us can sort of get smarter as well. So, so it's hard to know exactly why it works, right? But there seems to be evidence that our hands are connected with our brains, right? So that by engaging our hands, we help the brain make new connections. Mm-hmm. There seems to be indications that by communicating through metaphors, it's easier for us to understand each other mm-hmm. and we find new association in our brains. Mm-hmm. There seems to be evidence in by allowing people to think before they speak, we access more interesting things. There seems to be evidence that by allowing each person to think before everyone speaks, we get more divergence in the beginning. Mm. So we don't find this immediate coherence. I mean, we, you and I, we're relatively human, right? There were humans, we love, <laughs> we love to find coherence, right? Yeah. It, it's safe, it's comfortable, it's a nice narrative. But if we want to innovate and, and we don't want to fall into the same trap all, all mm. over, again, we always, we need to break coherence or habitual patterns of thinking. We need to find the divergence first. Mm-hmm. We need to find mm-hmm. the different patterns, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and that takes often slowing down. And that's a constant paradox. To speed up things, you need to slow down first. Mm-hmm. Um, so all of these things in, seems to be why this has a great way. It, there is also, you know, some research that points to that we increase our attention by being able to see what people are saying, by, by engaging the bodies and moving to get the breaks, right? There is the, 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 the thinking in the flow uh, from Chicks and Mihai and lots of interesting researchers since, you know, but you know, this emotional state in which we learn best, adequately challenged. So there's a lot of different things that are coming together, it seems. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I keep saying it seems because, you know, research, a great research can always be falsified and you can always find other, other truths, right? Mm. That's the power of research. But it seems that all of these things are coming together in a nice way. Wow. That's that's huge amount of information we are getting it. And, and you know, uh, I do agree on this. You know, we have senses on our fingertips. It's it's really connecting with our cortex and it works as a search engine. And, um, and, and in, in terms of, communication metaphors bring a lot of clarity in terms of you know having this conversation so i think that's that is superpower i think um whole uh, human transformation right um, because people when we when we say the word say innovation people always get into the technological environment right yeah but here you see an innovation which is really triggering and igniting the human potential yep. see, that's that's really amazing yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I find it very hard to disagree. <laughs> uh, no, but it's absolutely true. And, and yeah, it, 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 and I think that's um, I think it's really, really important. And I think mm-hmm. some of that is, is, is technology also raises the risk of us being disconnected. Absolutely. Um, it also gives us lots of great opportunities for connection. But it, it really, it's, it's Plato's cave, you know, multiplied. Mm-hmm. That we confuse reality with the shadows on the wall. Mm-hmm. So I think 
these kinds of innovations, like, like what Series Play can bring, that allows us to be not only closer to ourselves, because I know of people doing Lego Series, that they do Lego Series on their own to make sense of what they're thinking, right? To allowing individuals to connect and have deeper and more meaningful conversations. I think it's really, really important. Mm-hmm. Um, and I in a, in a funny way, we are seeing, no, well, not in a funny way, but in a way, I, see, I think we're seeing it now with a great resignation, uh, as everybody talks about. Yeah. That, that now that we can work from home and do this and do this, if, we, if we're not sensing a connect with organization in terms of purpose and, and what they're trying to do and who we want to be, mm-hmm. then we just resign. Because if I'm working from home and I don't feel connected with my company and their purpose and the people I work with, I might as well work for anyone else. Absolutely. And, and it, becomes a, it becomes a very transactional relationship. In, yeah. in, and, and good work should be more than a transaction, right? It should be transformational relationship, not a transactional. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Absolutely. So, boy, you 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 did mention about human potential, unleashing the potential of uh, of an individual, right? Mm-hmm. In in that context, how LSP become the focal point, and the the continuation would be how this um, can impact an organization because. Now, this part of the world, when we talk about Lego, they think, okay, what do you do with the toys? Right? It's very difficult yeah. for people to convince, you know, this is what it is, this is unless they experience it. Man, yeah, yeah. yeah. No. So how, how does it go? Go ahead. Uh, again, lots of questions, good questions there. I think, um, where do we start? Where do we start? Um, I mean, the toy part, we, we can sort of just try and kill as fast as we can, right? Because that's like, a lot of people uh, would go into a meeting and they would use a marker to write on a flip chart, right? Absolutely. But, but a marker, that's just for drawing, isn't it? Mm. That's what my kids are using. There you go. <laughs> so, but the point is that it's just a means to an end. So what you use it for is what matters. Mm. Mm. Right? Um, and I, there's no doubt that the brick is also a great toy. Mm-hmm. And, and that was how it was developed. But here's, oh, let, let me just take a detour. Lego, the owner of Lego killed, and, and, and I think with him, you know, his family and, and, and by extension, the, the company, they've actually never seen the Lego brick as a toy. They've actually always seen it, at least from what I hear from them. Uh, so always is a big word, but, but they've always described it as a, is a language. Mm. And one of the things that really struck me, one of the things that, that Kel, uh, the owners Kel said there 20 years ago was this notion of saying that, that, that there's always been a language. Now that with Serious Play, they, we, they just finally found a way to speak this language that could bring it into the boardroom where it might have been mostly needed. Mm. So, so, so I think that's really important that it's a language, right? They've always seen it as a language. Um, so that's that part, and, and then that, that's also where it becomes um, easier to to say. So how do you how do how how is it brought into the company, right? Mm. Because the, the language is obviously it's, it's spoken in the meeting, mm. uh, and then as it's spoken in the meeting, a result comes out, and that's been brought in to that's the organization. It. Now. We often say that you know, you know, clay 
in the terms of of of, of playing seriously, playing in an organization, it has these three components of or the different distinctions or, or mm. um, characteristics of that. It, it's a, it's an intentional meeting to apply the imagination. It's a it's a it's a, that and that's and then it's a kind of meeting where you follow a specific set of rules and a specific language that you may not use anywhere else. Mm. Mm. And then it is exploring and experimenting, not implementing. So, mm. so that's that's what's happening in series player, and that's what's happening in, in these meetings. Mm. But that's also what's happening when you're budgeting. Mm. Mm. Right? When you're budgeting, you're meeting to imagine things, right? Absolutely. You imagine what you're gonna sell, and the price, and where. Right? You imagine the cost. You imagine who you're gonna hire, where you're gonna hire them, and you're using the language of accounting. You're exploring, experimenting with this. You're not actually hiring, firing, producing, selling anything, but you're imagining it. Yeah. But nobody's asking how do you bring the budget to, into work afterwards, right? You use it to guide your decisions. So, so it's all about you're developing this knowledge in the play, and you're bringing that those connections in your brain or the documentations that you do. You bring it out to work when you do the actual sales. Mm-hmm. And it's a bit like Stuart Brown in a different context said, you know, play prepares you for the ambiguity of the world. So, it, so, so that you make better decisions mm-hmm. when you're out there making, when you're actually doing a sale mm-hmm. or when you're actually recruiting someone or when you're actually living or, or bringing the value proposition or if you're, if, if you're in, a, in a Joe Pine context here, if, if you are, have identified the experience and transformation you want to create for, for, for a customer, client or, or researcher, Mm. Then that result mm. is brought into work. So, so work is implementing the stuff that you develop in your play where you're exploring and experimenting. Fantastic. Thank you for sharing that. But it's, it's really, really interesting to see. Like, um, I think there are a lot of content um, coming up with this particular conversation, which is, is really important for us to really explore because people have always been talking about serious business. But, um, you know, when we are in a childhood, we used to play, we used to take risk. We, we play in the sun, we play in the rain, we don't worry about it, we just the enjoyment, right? And I think that need of um, going that extra mile need to come in the organization to organize to develop. I think this sort of, you know, methodologies and tools provided in a conversation or a, or a meeting, I think we can explore more in terms of potential of employees. Absolutely. But this, again, this reminds me of one of the things that, that Bart Victor, uh, you know, one of the key professors there in the beginning, and Bart was CEO of, uh, of, of our little spin-off in the beginning there. And, and Bart uh, phrased it so, so well, this notion of that, he spoke about that if, if companies want more of that work that they cherish so much, they should use more play. Mm-hmm. And, and he made this point that most knowledge workers, the, you know, leaders, they they are at play most of the time because most of the time we are spending on imagining what we will do. We are spending on our business models and visions and missions and value propositions. I mean, most meetings, if you think of it, are just play. So what Barr said back then was our intent was not to bring more play mm. to organizations. It was to bring better play to organizations. Because they already do strategies, business models, value proposition, budgets, they're already doing it, but they're not doing them in a way where they're playing well. Right? Mm, mm. And remember, and the, or the little thing here is saying, of course, Lego is short for play well in Danish, right? So, okay. yeah. Wow, right. So that was always that intent. 
Fantastic. So um, we're just coming to the last part of the conversation. Like um, I, I can recall uh, you were saying about habitual pattern in thinking, right? Yeah. How can play break this habitual pattern and how can brick help us in this particular process? Yeah, so so um, and let's take last pass first. I mean, the bricks, it seems, I'm going to keep saying it seems, right? It seems <laughs> that the bricks help us break the habitual patterns of thinking thanks to the construction process, part, partly at least. So that when we are building, the point is when we are building and um, when we are building, we are engaging more parts of our brains. We have this quiet building time where people are mm. making sense of their, their thoughts, they're mm. delivering different thoughts, engaging more of the brain. And then basically the build is like, whoa, I didn't know I knew that, they will say, right? Yeah. So, so that's one part, right? And then this thing about always starting from the individual, this divergence convergence thing, that it, it means that we are not impacting each other as much because we finish our thinking before we start sharing. Yeah. So, we, so we get that divergence before we converge. Convergent. Yeah. And then if we add to that this notion of play, I mean, it, it seems that, you know, play and, and stories to agree, but, you know, play releases a lot of really nice um, neurotransmitters so that our, our brain because allows itself, uh, you know, becomes more malleable, more plastic, more. So maybe we, maybe it allows us to to create these connections and do things mm. we we um, wouldn't or think things we wouldn't mm. otherwise think. Mm. Can't agree more. I think that's 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 the pattern because um, because our, our brain is a predictor. You always predict whatever is really oh, yeah. comfortable for you, right? But when when we start bringing, I, I can recall, um, you know. Um, don't think and break just break your thinking will come yeah, right yeah, so that that yeah. process it's involved of changing the whole neuron and methodology of how you think is something i think learnable i mean there's no doubt that the brain is a prediction machine right but maybe maybe again the play allows it to to do more different kinds of predictions Absolutely. and then see how these you know basically testing with the world you know that 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 instead yeah. of sort of staying with that first pass and like oh so but i think you're coming to the con end of the conversation right so it was a very 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 much really important conversation because um it's really difficult for people to understand uh, i know might be especially this part of the world when you talk about toys and legos okay the question is how can this help us on a strategy how can this help us in building leadership or communication um so the experience is really changes the whole mindset. Um, with that, what would be your final keynote for our audience and listeners in terms of you know how play can really transform in your personal life or professional? What what would be your one key takeaway? That's a tricky question. So in which sense? Help me a little bit. Actually, in which sense? Uh, why it works or what it does to you or? But does to you? It'll it be better. Because because the, it's, it's, because, uh, I, yeah, no, no, my brain is spinning. I'm sorry. I should <laughs> I should build the answer before I share this one. This is a, this is a but this would actually be a great JFA question because it's such a deep, difficult one. So I should be building this one first. But the, the things that are popping up in my head is this notion of that it goes back to one of the first things we spoke about, right? Is that great innovations brings us closer to who we really are, right? Absolutely. And I think uh, people like Stuart Brown and which is more like play research, right? They're really pointing out that. We are, as a species, we are wired to play. 
right? We don't stop playing because we grow old. We grow old because we stop playing. Mm, mm, mm. So, so this notion of what, you know, so one reason you should do it to yourself is that it allows you to, to be your soul, full self and use your full brain, right? But, but if, if you look at it from a company, organizational, professional perspective, well, you should say, well, you should do it because it creates full commitment to something. Whatever is solved, whatever you come in with, you have a completely different commitment to it. And you have that because people or you as an individual are more confident about it. And you're more confident about it because you have really unlocked the full, or you have unleashed whatever, full insights on a given matter. And insights are these bursts of knowledge which you don't know where it's coming from. And that's what the play helps us do, right? Get the insights, which makes us more confident which means we're committed. Fantastic. Awesome. Awesome. So that's the time what we have, ladies and gentlemen, my key takeaways, you know, keep playing, right? It's, it's about how you really understand your potential and unleashing that potential is something really, really important. And I hope our listeners got plenty of key takeaway today. And our guest for today is um, Per Christensen, a co-founder and board member at the Master Trainers Association. And you can get connected to Per uh, through his yeah, platform. Twitter is very active. And log on to um, www.trivium.international uh, to explore more some of his great works he does around the world. Uh, playing with some toys and enjoying and more importantly, transforming people with play. So uh, thank you very much for your valuable thank time. You. It has been a pleasure talking to you and get inspiration as well. Thank you very much. Stay safe. Thanks. Bye-bye. to inspire technology that does more than entertain remind us that there is no specific prescription for innovation. New ideas can come from a chain of thoughts and circumstances that are not obvious in terms of what they are produced. Exploring play is about understanding that innovation can happen when we are driven by enjoyment. Innovation doesn't always have to be a serious pursuit. So if you are in a creative funk, fresh out of good ideas, try playing. Innovation always raises the bar because when we invent a product or service, then again, another need arises for us to keep innovating. Technology has become an important element for innovation. It has helped us to connect, but then again, it has made us blindly run faster, which has stopped us to innovate. Stuart Brown stated that play will prepare you for the ambiguity of the world. Per Christensen did share that when you play, you get committed to it. And when you commit, you become confident as you get into the insights, which will help you to unleash your potential. I hope this was a very beneficial to you and for your business. My special thanks Per Christensen for spending his valuable time in the cafe. Do you stay tuned for the next episode where I'll be taking up another interesting and important topic. EI Cafe with Azim, a 30 minutes of valuable learning. Keep listening, keep learning and keep improving.
Thank you for tuning in to this episode of EI Cafe with Azim podcast. We are sure to hope you enjoyed it. If you have any questions, please do reach out to me. If you haven't subscribed to the show, don't forget to subscribe to the show which is available in all major podcast platforms. So you are notified when the new episode is posted. Please do rate it, review and leave a comment and don't forget to share with your friends. Thank you so much for listening and I hope you are leaving some great things that can help you in your life every day. Please do follow me on social media Azim Sahil and do write us what topic from whom do you want to hear from where I will try to get them on board for you. Till I meet you in another episode. Checking out of the cafe. My name is Azim Sahib. Stay safe and God bless you. Thank you.